and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. It's our six year anniversary and I just want to thank everybody who has listened to at least an episode, gave me feedback, a suggestion, a review. Uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. So I want to thank everybody for supporting the show. Here's to another six years. And today's guest is likely to get feedback as well. It's Jeanette Goldstein. She portrayed one of the most kick-ass characters in all of movie history, Vasquez in Aliens. She talks about how she got the role, just the legacy of it, how she made it her own. And she's a James Cameron favorite, having appeared in Terminator 2, Titanic. She talks about that heart-breaking scene in Titanic and how she got prepared for that. Uh, she's not alone in being a James Cameron favorite. I mean, Aliens had Bill Paxton and Michael Bean and Lance Henderson all appeared in the original Terminator. He likes to do that, and it makes his movies better, I feel. She talks about some of her other roles, Lethal Weapon 2, Star Trek Generations, some of her TV work, and now she's stepped out of the entertainment industry a little bit to focus on bras. Yeah, bras. She opened up a couple of boutiques called Jeanette's Bras, so she talks about how she got the business started working during the pandemic. Really enjoyed my conversation with Jeanette, a lovely woman, kick-ass woman, and I hope you do as well. So Jeanette, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Yeah. So before we kind of look at your uh, wonderful uh, acting career, let's talk about what you're up to now. You're a very successful businesswoman and talk about Jeanette's Bras. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Jeanette Bras is a small chain of bra fitting boutiques. We sell um, fine lingerie and swimwear. And uh, I've got uh, four brick and mortar locations in Los Angeles and two in Atlanta, Georgia. And we it's uh, we specialize in personal service and um, items from uh, Europe. Really nice, uh, well-fitting bras. Oh, that's awesome. So what made you decide to like open up a, <laughs> a bra boutique? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of out of left field. Um, you know, I was um, just kind of work was slowing down. You know, you get into your 40s and kind of playing a lot of crying mothers, you know, on the mm-hmm. on the CSI <laughs> mother of the murdered victim of the murdered right. Yes, always, <laughs> always the never married and always a dead child. Yes. But anyway, um, and this idea just kind of popped into my head that uh, there wasn't a great place for me to to find uh, a well-fitting bra. And I was in Europe and I saw the, you know, what they sold there. And I couldn't believe right. that. Yeah, it was one of these kind of out of left field ideas. And uh, my husband's an artist. And so we just saw, we sort of designed something called retail theater. And uh, it's great. I get to meet women all day long and, you know, talk to them and be with pretty things and it's been uh it's really interesting it's very creative and we've kind of kind of grown kind of grown so right. 14 years ago opened the store okay. so yeah that's awesome so did the like pandemic did that like affect the, the business oh, did it like yes. shift to like online for you or no 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 so we don't sell online so okay. we're very committed to personal one-on-one we call you know high touch high yeah. touch low touch <laughs> and um yeah, no, that was, we had just opened our fourth store in LA. And then a week later, we opened our first store in Atlanta, Georgia. And then the following week was the pandemic. Oh, wow. 
I mean, it was that. So it was, it was, you know, like everybody has their story, but this was, you know, of course, close the stores. Um, we don't sell online. We, you know, we had a 10 years of a customer base, Okay. you know, that we called to see if they needed things and our vendors all, you know, worked with us and, you know, government and PPP and all of that. Yeah. It was a nightmare. <laughs> Yeah. We're still kind of crawling our way out of it. We, you know, we were able to keep all, all, it was five stores. And then we opened a sixth one okay. uh, little uh, last year in Atlanta, second one. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. So then what did like, as a result of that, did the supply chain issues, did that hurt you as well? You know, it's funny. Um, No, it wasn't supply chain, although... Uh, there was that moment, I don't, know, I don't know if anybody remembers, unless they were importing goods from Europe, when Trump misspoke and said he was nothing in from Europe, no goods, no, right. yeah. like, phone is blowing up, you know. Was yeah. Like, yeah, no, it was it was very crazy. Um, what, let me see, what did you, what, what did you ask me? Your question was. Uh, oh, no, just about the supply chain. Does that affect? Oh, supply chain. You know, it wasn't, we had so much stuff. We had so much inventory. Yeah. You, you just open a store, you're ready to go. The real problem was um, staffing, you know, so when we oh, finally okay. opened how to keep people safe so we were only could have one employee and one customer at a okay. time right and you know how, how do you do it trying to just, you know it was very uh, stressful incredibly mm-hmm. stressful as you know the science changed as the laws changed as you know so just like day day by day just trying to roll with it yeah and that's you know, that's small business really in a yeah. nutshell Right. Yeah. Well, it seems like everything is sort of back to normal now. So, so that's, that's good. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that it, it, it showed like nobody, I rarely get asked the question, why don't you sell online only online? Cause now, you know, it's like, okay. It's like, yeah. you want to see, it's like the worst episode of black mirror. You cannot go in and speak to a person, be with a person. Yeah. And then, oh, I get it. I was, Cause I said, you know, I don't want to run a warehouse. That's not my, that wasn't my way of this yeah. job. You know, I like meeting people, talking well, to of them. Of course, yeah. And yeah. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not your, obviously, demographic for, you know, for your items, but I mean, trying on like, you know, underwear, for, you know, boxers is easy. You can buy a pair and, find, and that's yeah. fine. But I imagine like you need. Well, we liken it. It's very, it's very similar yeah. to a suit. Like if you're going right. to buy a suit for a, a, a wedding and it, yeah. it's, a big investment right. right and it's tailored to you and all those things it's very similar you know it's yeah. that it's a really really difficult uh, uh piece of clothing to make and fit and so you absolutely you want to go mm-hmm. to a bra fitter right now have you like dealt with customers and like tr- you know have them try on are you quote unquote a bra saleswoman as well can you go in there or are you just running the business Oh, oh well, I started off you know, as a profiter. I was the only, you know, okay. only woman, uh, you know, just me right. behind the counter. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no. So I was trained, um, and you, you know, you fit by eye. You learn how how bras work and how they're manufactured and fitting. It's it's a combination of an art and a science. And it, you know, I I did that. My husband built the stores. We designed them. Did the marketing. Did the branding. Did all of that. And he still does that. And um, I slowly, you know, we hired people, you know, I cleaned the toilets, I did the books, you know, everything. Yeah. Little by little, you know, my first, I've hired someone to work part-time for me and trained her how to fit. And, but like, but right now, 
I don't work in the stores. Okay. I have managers of each store and then fitters. And I have, you know, a fractional CFO and I have operations manager and buyer. And I mean, all that you slowly, slowly learn about it and you build it and you, and so at the moment now, yeah, I'm the CEO. So I do the strategic development and uh, marketing. Okay. I still hold on to the voice of the business. So I, we write all the copy, all the newsletters, all the Instagram, everything is our yeah. voice. That's the one thing that I, I, I won't let go of. Right. Now, if like a large company came to you about like buying you out, would, would you, or would is this something that your passion, you strictly want to do this on your own as a small business? No, you know, I, you know what? I, no one has come to me yet to, to, to buy, you know, I've learned about what it would take to sell and, you know, right. negotiation and buying and different things. Um, at the moment, um, at the moment we've scaled it so much where I make my own, you know, I don't have to be the stores run without me. Right. You know? And so I, you know, I, I enjoy doing, I'm doing the parts that I really enjoy, which is mm-hmm. the marketing. Yeah. Um, you know, it all it all depends for the right price, depending on who it you know who it was yeah. and all. You'll listen, right? <laughs> no, I mean, I know, I know. Uh, it's not an easy and um, I don't know. Victoria's Secret came. I have no idea who'd want to be. We don't have any investors. Yeah. I mean, okay. that's one thing we don't. No investors. It's all you know, family owned and operated. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, you would figure James Cameron at this point should be an investor, right? No, <laughs> I mean he could, but the thing is, you don't an invest you investor you take their money they take a part of your business and they tell you yeah. what to do so right that's true that's yeah so yeah. i've learned a lot so no no you know well basically yeah. we sell a bra we make money and we we put yeah. it into where but, we yeah where it needs to go and so yeah. right it's supporting our family so that's great yeah so are you officially say retired from acting no i'm um I actually, I um, was doing, I'm doing voiceovers Okay. And I, and I have a, I have an agent. I just, I hadn't, I had taken a break while I was building the business. And just this past year, I um, signed with an agency okay. for on camera. Oh, great. So, yeah. so yeah. Oh, that's good. Love that's to see it. you back, back on camera kicking ass and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I did a, I did a short film just recently. So that's, it's still it's, uh, in post. Right. Oh, great. That's that's awesome. So, I mean, I, I'm going to start probably with a film that no one started with with you. So we'll we'll start there. Fair game. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, no no offense. The movie's uh, terrible, but you're such a ba- you're such a freaking badass in that movie. So you know, good. you know, and like I, I the you know del- delivering the pizza scene where you shoot the guy. It's 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 up there. It's it's one of, one of the, one of the best you know murder scenes in, in a movie or you know assassination or whatever you want to call it but um when you made that movie did you realize that it was going to be what it was that bad yeah pretty much oh yeah okay oh yeah <laughs> but but not that bad right like, okay it, it yeah wow you know it was one of those movies i mean they it you know it's they call it uh, fuck you money <laughs> when you <laughs> yeah this is what an old actor told me about okay. jobs Right. No, I mean, it, this this script was it was so terrible. However, <laughs> it was, you know, three months in Miami and yeah. there was this great, 
British actor, playwright, Stephen Burkoff, who was a huge, he played yeah. the, the main the bad villain. guy. Yeah. He's a, I don't know if you know his, his plays or his, um, he's an incredible playwright. Mm, okay. Incredible playwright and an actor. And I'd seen him. I'd lived in, in uh, London for a, a, a while. Um, so I thought, oh, it'd be great. And, woo. And yeah. and um, Cindy Crawford <laughs> is a really nice person, really yeah. nice person. It was it was pretty much bad script, terrible, yeah. mean director. Okay. Um, yeah, and then it was just you know schlocky eighty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's but, actually gotten worse, so it's kind of good to see it. It's funny. It's a good. It's a good watch. Yeah, exactly. If you watch it and knowing what it is, you know it's. It's entertaining for like the 90 minutes or whatever it is. But you you, you had some, you know, kick-ass scenes in there. So I just wanted to throw it out there real quick. <laughs> so, like, how did you get the acting bug? Oh, goodness. Well, I, my parents, you know, I love pretending and watching TV. And my folks would take me to plays. Uh, they were big, big theater goers and movie buffs, you know. And, uh Oh, I'd love, I, you know, love going to see plays. And, you know, then I found out that, my God, you know, you could do it as a, I mean, at first I, well, I did it in school, you know, you put on plays in school right. and high school. And then I found out that it's a real profession. You can, you know, go to school and learn about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I pretty much, I wanted to be an actress since I was, you know, little. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So at, at that point you ended up moving to London, right? And you, you're working, you're working there for a little bit. Well, I worked, um, so I grew, so I grew up in Beverly Hills. So I was surrounded by actors. Some mm. were very famous and some were parents. You'd kind of see them shooting somebody on TV. You go to their plays. Mm. And so I kind of understood what it was about as far as like, you know, some people get famous, but they still like, they're at the Cub Scouts. You know what I mean? You kind of met and you see some parents who are really amazing actors and they just, you know, live in a little apartment and, you know, you understand it's just a job like any other, right. except you know, it's, it's different in that way. Um, but I really wanted to go to New York okay. and um, do theater and that kind of thing. So that's what I did. So I went to New York first um, after I did a little bit of time, a little time in college. And then I went mm -hmm. to theater uh, school, uh, Circle in the Square in New York for two years, okay. their professional program. And then I um, I got married to an Englishman. And I moved to England and I did a year there at a post at a postgraduate um, a training drama school there. Yeah. And then I started working in London. Okay. So I spent so yeah so I I worked in London in theater, and then was cast there in Aliens, in the film. Right. And then I came back for the premiere. I hadn't been back for about four or five years, but I came back, you know, when it opened. And, you know, there was all this buzz and everything like that. And so I started, got, you know, working in Hollywood and kind of going back and forth and then ended up just, you know, staying in L.A. Kind of full circle. <laughs> right. So so being like in London when Alien, you shot Aliens there and when you came mm -hmm. out, it was, you know, such a great movie. Did you immediately get an agent when you came back? I mean, because did even people know you? Because you yeah, were no, no, it was um for a few years. It's funny because I I didn't um when I was in London I didn't have an agent. Okay. I just you know just a job you know doing fringe theater and trying to get you know I hadn't even gotten to the point where I could get an agent. I had just gotten a, my uh, equity card, 
Um, I had an agent, you know, they gave me an agent when I booked Aliens. But when I came back to the States, yeah, you know, it was like, oh, I got a manager and took a lot of meetings and got an agent. Oh, yeah. You know, it certainly certainly helps to to be starring in a major motion yeah. picture. Yeah. Yeah. To get an agent. It doesn't usually happen that way, but yeah. Right. Yeah. And like that movie, like it had some, and from, from what I read, so many issues, I guess, the making of the movie. It took forever for it to actually come out. Was it six years later or almost, almost, almost 10 years later? It finally came yeah. out with, with James Cameron. So talk about just like how tense was the set and your experiences on the set. I don't know. It was, you know, it was. So, yeah, there was a long time between the first and the second, but they didn't have, you know, it was different director and um, and Cameron wrote this on spec. I mean, he right. wrote the movie and then he went and made Terminator in order to prove that he could make this movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was it was an amazing experience. It was my first time in front of the camera. And I you know, had not been trained any, you know. <laughs> technical I knew what you know action meant and cut yeah. that was it that, that's it you know yeah. um and so I really had it was a really quick learning curve and all the other guys like Bill Paxton and you know Michael Bean and all of them were really really helpful in telling me you know how where how you look at the camera and all of this and because it was it was done like an independent low budget type of film I and mean, that's where Cameron came from right and, you know, it was the tenseness had to do with, you know, any movie you're you're making and you got to get the shot. And you have this young director producer in England, you know, at Pinewood, which is an established place right. where they you, you're you kind of inherit this crew. And so there was tension between like the Americans and the, the, and the English yeah. stars that. But, um, and, you know, and Jim's a pretty intense guy when things you know aren't going his way. But it was it was great. It was, uh, you know, everybody was there to to make the best movie they yeah. could. And it was an incredible script. And yeah. Now, was when you were auditioning, was Vasquez the the role, or they just like kind of you auditioned just to be in the movie and then said, okay, you're gonna play Private Vasquez? Yeah, it was. It was. I'm not really sure exactly what they had in mind. Like I said, I, I didn't have an agent, but they were casting the um the smaller roles, and so um. I was up for, I mean, I didn't know until, you know, either, I guess, would, would have been like the pilot or the med tech. Right. Um, the other the other women that were in the, there weren't any other women on there except for the three of us, right? Yeah. Yeah, Corporal Ferris. So, yeah. Right, yeah, because they had thought they'd had, they had um, cast someone to play the role as Vasquez. They told me that, that I wasn't okay. auditioning, that that was okay. not the role, even though they gave me the, that's her lines to read, to yeah. audition and that's when they started thinking, I guess, you know, hmm, yeah. you know, maybe we made it, you know, I don't know what happened with the other, the other, uh, the actress person, but right. How much, yeah. How much like time did you have before the movie to kind of get used to like, you know, holding a gun, firing a gun, just the whole well, movie? You know, we were given two weeks, which is very okay. extravagant. You know, yeah. usually you don't get that kind of thing in, in film, you know, rehearsal. We had two weeks of rehearsal. I mean, I was already in the physical shape that I was in because uh, I had been I'd been working out with a bunch of bodybuilders in England okay. at a gym for two years. Right. Another strange, strange story. <laughs> but somehow I ended up at a bodybuilding gym and I'd been a gymnast when I was a young girl. So I was I was yeah. pretty you know fit. Um but they had, you know, a whole gym set up for us. And 
improvisation and we dealt with you know the armorers with the guns and the right. the technicians the uh, they they well al was a marine but you know just to make us cohesive so it was two weeks which is very very generous to have as a as a actor on a film right you know and i know some of the background of vasquez i mean it's not in the movie but like she was like a juvenile like in prison or something like that right from mm -hmm. or, or, or whatnot yeah. Yep, that was a, yeah, her, both her and Drake yeah. had been um, conscripted. They both were serving life in juvenile okay. prison, and they were so taken, conscripted into a yeah. life term in the, in the colonial Marines. Yeah, so, she, so you figure you'd jump yeah, at the chance, yeah, <laughs> to get out yeah, of there. Yeah, they from, from uh, East L.A. Right. Now, I mean, if they made this movie now, you wouldn't be playing Private Vasquez. I mean... No, they're, they're yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you, like watching the movie, you nail that. I mean, you wouldn't even know if you're looking at the credits that, like, Jeanette Goldstein played Vasquez. I mean, you looked like there was no IMDb, you know, back then or, or, or whatnot, you know, to see it. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, there, wouldn't, there wasn't any backlash to have, like, a white Jewish girl playing that role. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's funny. Well, when I got back to L.A., you know, there were, I would go to auditions. And, and I mean, most people, I'm kind of a mixed background, you know, okay. so... So I would go and I'd audition for different um, roles. And there were, you know, Latino actors there. And they were like, hey, when we saw the name, we were like, oh. and I'm like, oh, your performance was so good. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, the, at that, it's, you know, it's all a matter of like access, you know, is the is definitely the issue. And uh, definitely was looking for someone with the the build. The build was prim mm -hmm. primarily. And actually they, I think the, well, the, the woman they were looking at to cast as Vasquez wasn't an actress. She was a bodybuilder. Okay. And she was half Mexican. Um, and they he they were working with her kind of thinking like, oh, you know, maybe like Arnold will teach her how to act and will create, you know. Right. And that was kind of the body was the idea of like the physicality of the woman was really important as well. So with with Vasquez she was such like an empowering female presence on there uh your first role you got I think you got nominated for a Saturn award so it was like you were great did any like act, anyone whether it was a young spying actress or just anyone off the streets kind of like say this character meant so much to me because because she was so empowering and she got me through a lot of stuff I kind of idolized her you know whatnot yeah, I mean, that's the the amazing thing is that over, you know, these 30 some years, I get that all the time from from women, from men, gay, straight, black, white, Latino, you know, whatever they'll they'll say, they'll come up to me and, you know, little girls will be dressed up like me, little boys will be dressed up like right. me. I mean, she's such a great character. I mean, I, you know, I loved her. And so I always um, I'm fascinated when. I was asked, you know, well, what what was it to to you, she to you, that made yeah. you, you know, I, I'm always interested in other in people's experience of of her. Yeah, and you had such a like emotional like death scene in that one. You lasted pretty long, mm -hmm. you know. And you and Gorman kind of went at each other, lasting like I hate you or whatever, you know. And then you guys sacrifice yourself so for you know for the greater good. You're blowing up one of your many blow-ups in, in, in on camera. So yes. I think it was your first blow-up. So explosive actress in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I've blown, I've blown up many times. Yeah. And one thing about like, you know, James Cameron, he's so like loyal. So like 
in Terminator, he had Lance on set. Uh, Bill Paxton had a it was like one of the punks in the beginning of the movie. Cool. So, and then Michael Bean, of course. So all three of those went to Aliens and you and Terminator Two. So he had so many. Um, so was like auditioning for other roles. Was that like? Did you have to audition for other James Cameron roles, or was it just given to you? I I was offered the one in, in Terminator Two. Okay. Um, it was funny because uh, he would he would you know catch up with me when I was came back to LA and you know I had done Near Dark and he was saying you know how's how's the auditioning going what's going on with you and I was like oh you know they always want to see me for these big tough you know Latino you know they look at me and they go you're not tall you're not Latino I said like, yeah I know I'm an actor <laughs> you know it's the movies dude right he's like you're such a nice and I had had, had a baby by then and he said oh you're but you're a mom don't you ever get any mom roles I was like nope never never um and then he goes well I'll get you a mom role <laughs> so kind of a kind of a bad mom but still yeah. so <laughs> right yeah and let me I, see I'm just gonna think term, uh Titanic he um I think he gave he said that the the granddaughter was cast already of course that was Susie I didn't know that and then he said you know is there some is there a role in there is there that you'd like and then I was reading and I was like ooh I like that one the whole yeah. entire movie stops for that once yeah. <laughs> yeah and so yeah so I read for that and then but I read for other ones that I haven't gotten so you yeah. know right he, he he likes to work with people he's worked with as long as it's right you know for the film and for the story okay oh so you read for the Avatar movies mm -hmm. yeah. okay or, yeah okay in the true lies, I imagine, also. No, no. Okay. I didn't. Oh, okay. Avatar, yeah. I did. Okay, yes, yeah, he brought Bill Paxton for that one, so it's like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it in, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk Titanic real quick. Uh, it's such a heartbreaking scene. Um, where did you kind of draw that emotion from, like reading your know, a fairy tale to the two kids while? Well, I think his ending more or less. Yeah. Um. Well, I at that. Point, I, I had two children because so I had a son and then uh, I guess a nine-year-old son and I had just adopted a baby I almost almost in the film I almost had a baby wrapped up in my arms because okay. I was like you know I, I depends on when you know but I I yeah I didn't, I didn't want to take him on the set but um right. no no you know that's uh I it's very funny what I thought very much what what struck me about that scene was we had gone through the earthquake in Los Angeles, okay. that massive one. And I I remember grabbing my son. He was five, four, five, standing under the doorway, because that's what they told you to do then. You know, now it's under a bed. But anyway, under in a doorway, holding him. He's like asleep. And I remember just thinking I was going to die because it was the house was just bouncing up and down and wanting to scream. But really, the thought that went through my mind He's asleep. I don't want to wake him up because we're going to die. It's better that he stay asleep. I mean, that was the, my exact thought. The hardest part about that scene was not crying. Okay. You know, because. Ugh. Yeah. And the, and the story, the story that I told was um, given to me by the um, Irish actors on set. Okay. Because they had told me in the script, it said she puts them to sleep. That's, that's all it said. Yeah. And, and uh, Cameron said, so I said, is there something you want me to tell him a bedtime, sing them a lullaby? He's like, oh, you know, give me a couple, you know, some things or whatever. I was like, okay, let me think about it. And the 
the actors, um, the Irish actors came up to me, you know, some of the musicians and the, and said, you've got to tell this story. You've got to, you know, it's, it's, it's means so, it means so much to all of us and everything. And so they wrote it all out for me and, and yeah. it was really great. Yeah. How are the two, like your two children to work with during, during that scene? Do they kind of grasp the whole like emotion of it? Well, the little boy, um, said to me, we did, you know, the scenes were in order when we shot them, you know, coming down and then the, the part where, you know, um, uh, why aren't we getting on the boats or what does he say? Mommy, you know, when is, uh, the first class uh, passengers. So we did that one second and then we did the putting to bed. And after we cut, he's, you know, he goes, cut, thank you. That's, you know, that's a wrap for, you know, Jeanette and the kids. And he looks at me and he goes, what about, what about the other scene? And I was like, what other scene? He goes, yeah. you know, the ones where we get on the boat. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. shoot. I was like, I don't know. Ask your mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just want to break his heart. So, yes, no, he truly. Oh, that's, that's yeah. so cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was almost waiting for you after you, like, told the story for you just to explode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. yeah, that yeah. <laughs> totally. I, I always say that I, I kill a lot of people. I kill myself in aliens. Yeah. Uh who do I kill? I kill my husband in Terminator. I kill my children in Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. Cold <laughs> yeah. blooded killer. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah. So are you are you able to like dive into a swimming pool anymore? That's another explosion with lethal weapon too. Right. That was not me, thank God. That was a stunt yeah. woman. Right. Yep. That was yeah, that was very explosive. Yep. Back to alien. Did you see the any of the other uh, sequels after that or no? I saw no I've seen um the prequel one, which one? The one with the scientist. Oh, uh, Covenant, I think. Huh? Alien uh, Covenant. Yeah, no. not the first one that came out, the second one. It was the scientist who made the alien, and then there were also like I guess they were also yeah. Marines or something. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the okay. I didn't I have not seen three or four. Okay, yeah, three three was a, such a slap in the face to aliens. I heard like, it was kind of depressing. I'm interested yeah. in seeing it, but yeah. yeah, I didn't see that, and then four I didn't see, but I I did see one of the prequel ones. Right. Okay. I forget. Which oh, one yeah. Was. Well, because you you really had good chemistry with Bill Paxton. It was such a good uh, you know. Actor, yeah, we, we did uh, dark with each other after, yeah, after. you did, yeah, and Lance too. So it was you can keep yeah, that yeah. in the family, yeah. So, Terminator, I had um Xander on during the uh -huh. pandemic, and uh, you know, obviously, we talked about your your, your uh, kill scene with him. Uh, what was that like to shoot, and like how many containers of milk did you go through? You know, that whole thing, I mean, you spoke with Xander, I did nothing. All I did was just put my arm behind my back and stand there. You know, the poor guy had to like yeah. do a back bend and stick a yeah. knife down his right. <laughs> It was horrible for him. <laughs> for me, it was just, you know, I had a bunch of guys crouching behind me with, you know, the fake arm and the thing. And so I had a good time. Yeah. I mean, he's probably right up there with you for a lot of, you know, movie kills. He doesn't really make it out of movies alive. So he's, he's we, up there with you. Yeah. Yes, we kill. I think he killed me. We were laughing about. I saw this. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this on YouTube, all of his deaths. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. He's, he's such a he's such an amazing actor. It was funny. Um, 
he killed me in this movie called Donato and Daughter. Okay. He killed me. (laughs) 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 He's raping and killing nuns in that one. Oh God. He said, but he was a businessman. He said, I'd like to. That's right. He was wearing a suit. That's right. He said a suit in this one. It's a step up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, he he told me that during during that interview. He's like, Yeah, at least I'm wearing a suit finally. Yeah. So I love that. We just sat around talking for hours and hours and hours in the trailers. Yeah. Crazy. Right. And he was already dead, but you got to work on a show that he, he was on 24. I know it was only a couple episodes working with Kiefer Sutherland. Right, right, right. Yep. Yeah. And like, I think, yeah, he interrogated Jack about his drug use. I think it was like season three. Oh, I so I, I heard like, I spoke to a couple people who worked on that. That was a pretty intense set. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, um, Kiefer Southern worked like every scene. It was just yeah. like, you know, every single single thing. I yeah, no, I really, I really enjoyed it though. I really, I really enjoyed the director and producer. It was really, really uh supportive. Right. Now, one movie you didn't die in was Star Trek Generations. I'm a big Trekkie. Uh you had a small role in, in that one with uh you know the, the Enterprise with their first voyage. Uh I'm that had to be kept, like I'm sure, very tight lips, right? Amount what what happened when you were yeah. There. Well, you know what? I, yeah, absolutely. I don't even know. Can even remember? I was surprised when I saw the film. I'm so I'm trying to remember if I knew what had happened. If I, we got the end of the script, because I was surprised. I was like, a stairwell mm-hmm. falls on him. That's yeah. it. So I was like, what? Yeah. But uh, no, it was it was a trip being on. Um, on the enterprise. I mean, you know, come on. It was yeah. like, you know, science officer wearing the thing, you know, right. doing the, like the lean in, you know, you lean in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. It was, you know, there's Shatner. And I mean, it was, yeah, it yeah. was really, I was geeking out the whole time. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Were you able to talk to Bill at all? Oh uh, yeah. I said, you know, yes, hi. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a Star Trek fan growing up at all? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I loved watching it. Absolutely, right. Every episode. Yeah, so it's then it was, must have been cool to have Chekhov and Scotty on there as well. So yeah, was, no, I really I, I made sure good. to go over and, and and talk to them and yeah, it was it was we all were kind of starry eyed. There was one that I remember we were like it was between shots and we were all in our spaces and I was at you know my computer and Alan Ruck was you know he's in the chair and yeah he goes. Anybody want to come and, you know, sit, sit on the chair, you know, kind of, and everybody's like, ah, I'm cool. I'm good. He goes, come on. I know everyone wants to sit right. on the chair. And we, we all went, yes, I do. And we ran in and we just pretended we spun around. And- <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm sure that, I'm sure that was when Bill wasn't there, right? <laughs> no, 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 he wasn't. No, no. Yeah. We, we got to just fool around. <laughs> right. Sure, he's pretty protective of that chair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, well, he was our, you know, he was our visitor this week. Right, it's Enterprise true. Enterprise yeah. two. Enterprise yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So back to Terminator uh two for a sec. Um the that scene of the T one thousand was pretty uh interesting. It was you know great greatly shot in the lava, whatever it was at the end when he showed all the people he killed right. and were in there. So what was that like to shoot? What did that entail? it was the okay so the lava so we were um i guess in this you know of course those disused factories were all films end but um there was a big huge tank and it was filled with 
mineral oil, warm mineral oil, and boxes and boxes of powdered sugar. Okay. So that the it could reflect, it wouldn't be so you could see the so you'd swim. I swam around in there. There was a like a a guy, a safety guy in there in a in a suit and a wetsuit, and then um and then but then uh, Cameron got in with me. He said, "I'm going to get in with you, so you don't feel so." Right. <laughs> it was it was kind of yeah. I had a I was very moisturized. I could say that. I bet. Yeah. Say it even after many many showers. <laughs> <laughs> did uh like James Cameron? Did his like directorial style change from like say? Your first movie you worked with, so no. Titanic and no, see. No, I know that's the kind of people ask me that question. He was just as focused on, you know, and also the tension to detail, you know, talking to people, you know, when something he could do everybody's job, you know, um, except for you know, act. That's the best thing. That's what Bill used to always say. Everyone's job except he couldn't act though. Good act. Right. Yeah. Thank God. Um yeah, no, it was really interesting, you know? You mm -hmm. so, so just sort of seeing him. I mean, I didn't work with him on the smaller films, but I can imagine just from talking to Gail Unheard when she first met him, she, you know, she tells this story how she's given a tour around the Corman offices. She's in, you know, right. working as an assistant. And she walks into the shop and she meets this guy who it's just and he's showing her and telling her the thing and you know what and the whole department. And she goes back and she said she met the department. I was talking with the department head, the production manager. And they're like, who? You know, the, the guy with the blonde <laughs> that's not the department head. It's just a it's the guy painting the oh, but you know, he had just this knowledge and you know, this yeah. kind of yeah command of, of everything that she she mistook him for the department head <laughs> wow <laughs> that's great <laughs> now i'm kind of bouncing around here a little bit but back to aliens um vasquez's gun she had some written on there and some what oh oh, oh on the gun you said yeah like what did she have like like written oh, on the gun on the yeah. gun it said adios on um her the her the armor armor, yeah, that said, um, El Riesgo Siempre Vive. Okay. And it's, uh, there's no, like, it, it's, the risk always live. There's, like, no no life without risk. You know, that kind of thing. No one gets out of here alive. Right. <laughs> kind, of, uh, yeah. kind of, kind of thing. And I, I found that in a book of uh, poems by a Chicana poet named Cherry Moraga. And I was reading, I was doing research on just different, Parts of Chicana culture and things, and I, it was a, a line in her, in the in a poem, and I thought oh, that's really cool. I really like that. It was like sprayed all graffiti. Gang members had sprayed it on a wall. That's what okay. she said in the poem. Yeah. So, 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 but yeah, we got we got to write different things on yeah. our, you know, on our lockers and on our armor, and that was great. That was so, really so yeah, so so Cameron gave you the freedom to do that, right? It wasn't like you write. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, no, no. He gave everybody, you know, to, uh, you know, detail their 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 space. Yeah, which is great. Right, and and the gun was attached to a Steadicam, right? Mm-hmm. Attached yeah. to a Steadicam, Steadicam uh, arm. Arm. So okay. Of a on it, yeah, it was on on it. Said it took that took a lot of the weight, but okay, not yeah, not all of it. Let me tell you, but um, you had to you know balance yourself to keep it. Yeah. Keep it, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, did it take a while to get used to? Yeah, it really did. It really did. I mean, you know, stats. No, I'm not, I could not be a steady cam operator myself. Right. But I mean, if you talk to them, I mean, it's quite, it's quite, 
you know, to learn how to do that. It's it the balance, to figure it out and work with it. And yeah, no, Mark and I, you know, really kind of worked with it and had that kind of, uh, that move. And it was like, uh, it was, it was, it was good. It was good. You wanted, you had to get one with the gun. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think it was like the Rocky was the first time that, that city can was, was the movie was the city. Was it? Was yeah. It was. In, it, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, it's there's, they weren't. Yeah. It's a really interesting and it's a hard profession. And it's, I know, I know a, a woman who, uh, it's a steady cam operator and she always wears her bandana and she's, you know, right. she's. Yeah. Yeah. Did you take anything from the set from the movie? I did not. No. I'm a good girl. You're not supposed to take anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> they have they got to do reshoots and things like that. You can't yeah. run away from Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. I wish so I had you... a dog. I wish I had her dog tags or something like that. Yeah. Right. Or the bandana or, or, well, or something. Yeah. Do you have your own, your figure? Your action I do. Yes. Well, I do have, yes. I have all, all three versions, you know, okay. the toys they produce, which is, which is really wonderful. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I, I, I have the, the little three inch one, three, three and a half inch one. So. <laughs> right. Right. The, the original. Yeah. yeah. No, I was really glad cause I was bummed at the beginning when they didn't produce her. Yeah. Was like, what? So I was like, did you guys see the movie? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, so I was I was really excited when I finally got the call from uh, who was it NECA Toys. Yeah, that did it. Yeah, right. And I felt like Sigourney Weaver got nominated, obviously for an Oscar for that movie, which is fantastic. She probably should have won it that year. And the picture should have been nominated too. I feel because it, mm. it was just so good. Do you think if they had the like rules they have now with the you can have up to ten pictures that it would have gotten nominated? it was it's kind of unusual that you'd be not like you know you're nominated for an action you know a genre film is still is still sort of unusual so now <laughs> um, yeah i don't know i don't know yeah i mean because i mean now they kind of have like some superhero movie or whatever sci-fi or action but that right. that was you know it was yeah. it was intense and you know the acting was was phenomenal, and you were tr tremendous in it. And it just it lives, you know, to this day, you know, decades later. So, That's yeah. But Jeanette, I really appreciate your time. This was fantastic. Uh, best of luck, you know, with the company, and uh, nothing but the best. Okay, nice talking with you. And a special thanks to Jeanette for joining me today. You can check out her website, JeanetteSparaz.com. You can follow her on Twitter at Jeanette's Bra. She's also on Facebook. And if you have a guest suggestion to start out the next six years, hit me up on Twitter at the first Noel 19 or like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. You can go to iTunes, check out all the best episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. Shows on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music. Basically, where we can find a podcast. A new episode comes out every week, let's say. Stay safe, everybody. We'll see you then.